the Gambler starts now. Here's Adam Kaufman. So in a general sense, all we're going to do tonight is talk football. It is Thursday. It is our favorite show of the week because we get to, for the bulk of the first hour, focus on the college weekend ahead. And in the second hour, we go game by game across the NFL and we hit plays, leans, looks, likes, locks, other L words, whatever they are, for every single game across the NFL. Very much looking forward to doing that. But I think we need to at least scratch an itch. The Bruins lost at home tonight. Not the end of the world. They were 6-0. and In fact, I saw a lot of people on the ducks to win this game. I mean, when it was plus 260 or something like that, it wasn't even so much people saying, yeah, I, oh, of course the Ducks are going to win this game, so much as just looking at the line taking value. And I get it. I do understand it. But this is not a game. This is not a game, Dan Watkins, that the Bruins should have lost. Uh, no, absolutely not. Up two goals with under two minutes left to play, having flashbacks of uh, 2013 Game 6 there on that one. That was just absolutely terrible. Uh, I mean, and the, the tying goal goes off Brad Marchand's stick, too, so some some just, just weird puck luck at the end of that game there. But the Bruins just, they, they got lazy, kind of, at, at, at the end of the third period there and almost like fell asleep and just let the Ducks hang around, and the Ducks won the game. Fell 4-3, as you said, two goals allowed in the final two minutes. Leo Carlson, Troy Terry, and then it was Mason McTavish with the goal a couple minutes into the overtime. Didn't even get themselves to the shootout. Just, oh, again, it's not a big deal. One, it's a regular season loss. Two, you still got the loser point. Wasn't even a regulation loss. Point streak's still alive. Point streak is still alive. It just sort of puts me in a sour mood. You know, I just, I don't know, I, I get, I didn't even, well, I mean, I did have money on it, but not much. Well, like, the bank, I, bankroll I, repair was on it. Well, the bankroll repair was on it. I, I didn't, you know, I, I obviously I played it, but it wasn't, I didn't throw a lot of money at it. I mean, that that right there, if the Bruins didn't wreck it, the, you know, the, the Bucks are, are toying right now. They're up by six on, on the Sixers. So now I have to turn my attention to that because I, uh, I I took the money line, or uh, or pardon me, I took the spread, which was six points for Milwaukee to cover. They're up by six with three minutes to go. I also, as you would imagine, built out a, a slew of parlays revolving around this game and, and the other game that uh, is getting going just a little bit on, on TNT between the Suns and Lakers. We were texting about it earlier. Let's see if uh, Kevin Durant, with basically nobody around him tonight in the lineup, can you know show up. Uh, I I just need 25 points out of him. Didn't even go for the full 32 or whatever his projected line is. I think I did. I got to check the bet slip. I think I half unit it. <laughs> yeah, yeah I look, I I I wouldn't blame you. I mean, he should. Who else is going to score? Right. And, and and I know that's that's a. I did. Yeah. There, yeah. I, I I wouldn't. But he should. He should. There's no Devin T- Booker. There's no Bradley Beal. There's you know there's there's very little and unless Yusuf Nurkic is is going nuclear again which is possible you still you, you need a little something there Kevin Durant show uh, show that you belong remind everybody who make you are make it up to us make it make up it to up it. to us I I can't even believe that he sunk that the other day seven out of twenty two from the field couldn't get to twenty points missed two free throws just awful but anyway we are watching this Thursday night football game the Bills are doing. What they should be doing, they're up by 14 points against the Bucks. Candidly, they should be up by more. You know, they they failed to score a touchdown uh, when they had first and goal from, like, the two and turned it over on downs. Now, I'll, I'll half forgive them because 
the defense stood strong and they forced a quick punt and and with the return got basically back to the red zone and did score on that possession so uh it's just they the play calling i mean they need themselves a new oc if this oh, team definitely. actually wants to you know the entire do, do anything staff. going forward the entire coaching staff i mean you hear people from buffalo they are so done with sean mcdermott and everything going on there right now um i mean i don't think anything nothing's going to change with that just based off tonight's results but i think buffalo Definitely needs to get a new voice in there because something's just off with them. I think it's a mental thing. I think they might have been broken by Cincinnati in the playoffs uh, back in January. Uh, and they just really, I mean, it's one of those things, right, with a team where you get so close so many years in a row, eventually mm-hmm. it's just going to wear you down. What they have done well, to our dismay to this point, is just the blanket coverage on Mike Evans. He has been on a milk carton tonight, had one early catch for seven yards, has done absolutely nothing since and this was he was uh my leg in the people's parlay yours with rashad white already hit his receiving yards over uh the parlay was going to die anyway because uh simon hunter gave us a a college football pick last night that is uh not not in uh, a very good shape so even if evans somehow came through in this second half in the quarter and a half that he has left to get over on his receiving yards i'm not even so much upset about the parlay as i am that this is just a pick that everybody and their mother was on tonight uh mike evans over for receiving yards i don't know if that was it's not even just because of the chris godwin uncertainty because even once we knew godwin was going to play People just kept throwing money at Mike Evans, expecting, I don't know, if it was game script and figuring Bucks are going to be down big like they are right now. They're going to have to throw the ball, and he's going to get his, his share of looks. And, well, that's and, setting up uh, that way right now. <laughs> it, it is, but... I mean, the good thing he, about they're Mike not going Evans, to him. He's the, not getting anything. No, but the good thing about Mike Evans is he can make up just about this entire prop on one play. For sure. He is that kind of guy. And, you know, we still got 20 minutes of football left here. So plenty of time for him to get what does he need? 50 yards? What do we have? 56 and a half? Yeah. So he's at seven. So, yeah, he could have a 50 yard catch, no problem. Well, so. we will be uh, tracking that, rooting it on, obviously, and, uh, and praying, really, because that was, this is one of my bigger bets tonight, independent of the show pick. Uh, I just, I kept throwing money at it during the day today. So, uh, w- it, it it might be a sort of a, a swing bet for me. Despite the number of bets, and I am a volume better, we've talked about that before, despite the number of bets that I have tonight, and some have gone well. I was all about Tyrese Maxey tonight with no James Harden, and uh, he's had himself a very good night, 31 points, 8 assists. I uh, got good. Just got the fifth assist out of Joel Embiid. That was, a, that was a big one. That was a sweat. He had one at the half, and I had the... A decent amount on over four and a half for him, and I was I was panicking. <laughs> so I, I just looked, and uh, and he's he's up to five. This game could go to overtime. Milwaukee is up by two on Philadelphia. I'd have to look at what the live numbers are, but if it does go to OT, I would still be inclined to take Milwaukee to win this thing. Uh, I just don't see this thing slipping away at home. So just something we can we can track. If in fact in eleven seconds it goes there, it's a two point game. Milwaukee is up right now. We'll keep you posted. Our plans for tonight, though, as I said, Thursdays, big time football nights. Colin Sherwin from DraftKings is going to join us. Big college football guy. We'll get his thoughts on uh, what is to come Saturday. I'm I'm very interested in hearing. Uh, what the people's parlay looks like. I've, I'm between a couple of things for what my leg is going to look like. I'm, I'm 
I've, I've got cautious optimism about my uh, particular pick. It's a, it's a little off the board. And uh, then NFL, Matt McEwen from Odds Checker is going to come on with us just after the top of the hour, and we will go game by game across the NFL. There are no buys. Everybody's in action. we got a ton to get to, a ton to cover in a short period of time once he does join us. So uh, we're as as I always say, there will be... Six official straights, two people's parlays, one college, one pro, and three bankroll repairs between me, you, Dan Watkins, and Brian Butt are board up. But there will be many, many other picks that are unofficial show picks that we will be giving out as well. So uh, always enjoy these Thursday nights. Oh, it's the best, man. My head is spinning by the end by midnight, and I, I, I love it. <laughs> Absolutely love it. So many picks. Picks galore. Uh, a couple of interesting ones here that I already got my eye on that I want to talk to both Matt and Colin about. But uh, one off the top here, Adam, that, that Patriots total, it, it's creeped up again. It's up to 47 now. It was 46 and a half last night. I guess that's just the Tyree Kill factor. Now Maybe. that he has said today he's playing, so the the Patriots uh, weren't able to take advantage of that. Obviously, he's going to be out there. I suspect Jalen Waddle is going to be out there. Of course, now we have the news that Jalen Ramsey could potentially return, yeah. which you would think would bring the number back the other way. Uh, if in fact expectations are high for him, I don't know that it would be right back in his first game after getting hurt back in the preseason. But uh, obviously, a stout defender when he's right. Oh, for sure. I mean, not that the. Not that, not that you need an all-world all cornerback to slow down the Patriots' passing attack, but uh, <laughs> hey, you know, how you know. dare you? Yeah, right? between Kendrick Bourne and Pop Douglas. Yeah, and I mean, Ramondre Stevenson's a big part of that too. His his receiving well, he has total. to. He's yeah. not doing anything out of the run game. So yeah, I mean, I got my eye on that too. But plenty of stuff to talk with with Matt about and, and Colin too in the next segment. That has to be. I. It's probably just because of of local focus, and you know, you pay attention to certain guys on on teams you watch more closely more than others, obviously. But Ramondre Stevenson last year was an autoplay in DFS. Yeah, I mean, every single week you were getting a consistent twenty five to thirty points. It felt like out of him in your daily fantasy lineups, and this week or this year, pardon me. He's, I don't want to say he's unplayable because, like you said, he's still doing something out of the passing game. He's getting receptions, PPR, all of that. But, my God, he is doing so little as a rusher. Yeah, no, but I think that all comes back to the offensive line. The Patriots just the line is so bad that they're not doing anything right now. Yeah, and I, you know, and I'm someone who I have him in multiple dynasty leagues, and I I'm not even playing him at this point. <laughs> he's he is on my bench. <laughs> so it's yeah. wild. Yeah, no, it, it is. All right, stay with us. Looks like the Bucks are going to win by four, which is good for the win, bad for the cover, but uh, so it goes. All right, uh, and we'll we'll watch for football as well. When we come back, Colin Sherwin from DraftKings, college football talk, the next couple of segments, including a People's Parlay CFB version. Stay with us. Time to talk college football and not this Georgia Southern Georgia State game that has disappointed us tonight. Although what I will say, Dan, is, uh, you know, we had Megan Lanham on the other night from Rhythm and talking about her predictive models. And so we built out a show parlay. It's it's not official toward our official stats. I wish it was. You know, I'd love to count it toward uh, our record. She she can't lose. She cannot lose. She reached out to me today. She said, just so you know, here are my picks tonight. She had two. One was Virginia Tech to cover, which she said she didn't feel great about, but she was doing it. 
and Bills on the money line, which obviously is a, a heavily juiced number, and they may very well cover tonight as I did bet them. But I put together a show parlay. I'll call it a, a, a builder, basically. It's it's a plus money. I think it was 133, if I remember right, was Virginia Tech to cover and the Bills on the money line, her two picks. And at the moment, both of those are smashing. Yeah, yeah, it's been great. I did both just on the money line, and that was at plus 103 between Virginia Tech and Buffalo. Sure. Wish, wish I knew uh, 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 her picks before I made my bankroll repair last night. I can tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, right? Just, I know. Maybe I should be uh, shooting her a text. So what, what are we going with for tomorrow? Yeah, right. What, <laughs> Before the show ends, let's it, let's promote these. Yeah, ri- listen, as the as the old song that I grew up with, rhythm is a dancer. This rhythm will uh, will make you dance. There you go. With all the funds, thank you. Terrible pun, but we'll go with it anyway. Colin Sherwin is used to my bad jokes, and he is here from DraftKings. You can get him on Twitter at Colin Sherwin. He is a college sports editor for the DK Network, and joining us to talk all things college football this weekend. Colin, how are you, bud? Adam, good to see you, my friend. Um, I am, uh, you know what, it's so funny. I'm not familiar with your other friend who was making picks, but let me tell you, uh, I think everyone in the world tonight had Georgia Southern and Virginia Tech. Um, I was laying laying one with Georgia Southern and actually close in some places at a pick. I couldn't believe it. I was like, is there an injury I'm missing on something? No, Hmm. I didn't miss anything. It's just. This game was just poorly handicapped, and people weren't looking at recent results enough. And then, obviously, the new quarterback at Virginia Tech has given them total life, um, and Syracuse is just sort of mired in the muck with Schrader and a lot of injuries right now. So, um, almost like two easy ones tonight. Like, it's a little too easy. Uh, uh, a late turnover here has given, made it a little interesting in Georgia Southern, but it looks like they're going to be able to hang on here. Yeah, sadly, uh, the, the Georgia State plus one was was the pick from our guest last night as part of the people's parlay so uh yeah listen when we build out the people's parlay with for the weekend with you uh next segment you're just going to have to give us something that that is another easy one because uh unfortunately this one has let us down so let's dive into it here uh before we start to throw out some specific games at you what spots are you most interested in this weekend which which are you know which games are you betting with conviction right now Look, man, I'm, I'm betting Air Force until somebody stops them. Um, <laughs> I still think these numbers are too low. I don't know how we're getting these numbers that, like, you know, there were some 13 and a half and 13s in the streets earlier this week. There were some 11 and a half that opened. And I'm like, what are these people watching? So I have, I, I got in late. Um, I was on the road this weekend. Uh, I watched, I went to the Dolphins Eagles on Sunday night. I went to USF UConn on Saturday. So doubleheader this weekend. So I missed. Some opportunities to get some bets down, so I'm in at 13 and a half here. But I'm I'm just I'm flying in on Air Force until someone stops them. This is the best team in the group of five right now, and they're playing against Colorado State defense, which is you know I'm going to think most people probably only watch that Colorado State versus Colorado game, and yeah, that's Colorado State's defense. They're really really terrible. Um, a little bit playing a little bit better now at this time of year, but uh, I am just going to ride this train until it stops. And Air Force is just continuing to print money week after week after week, and I'm going to do it again. That right. sounds pretty good, Dan. I, yeah. I, I'd like printed money. Yeah, same here. Uh, <laughs> same here. But, you know, there are a couple big uh, top 25 matchups this week. Let's start off for that one in the Pac-12. Oregon and Utah, 18 straight wins for the Utes at Rice-Eccles, Colin. But I'm not sure that's going to really phase this Oregon team. I mean, they almost won at Washington a couple weeks ago. Uh Oregon, you know, they're they're trying to stay alive in that playoff picture with the first rankings coming up uh, this week. What do you expect in this one here with the Ducks favored by six and a half on the road? 
Uh, to me, you know, six and a half, I lean Utah, six, I lean Oregon. This isn't a game I'll be on. But I can't wait to enjoy it because I have loved watching this Utah team play football all year. They are so committed to their system. They just do what they do. They lose their best player, their two-time conference champion quarterback, and they just keep rolling like nothing ever happened. And they're still in the mix to win a third straight Pac-12 championship. It is unbelievable to watch this team. It is one of the best environments in all sports. Uh, the mighty, uh, the mighty Utah student section um, at Rice Eccles. It's going to be unbelievable, but to do it without Cam Rising, and by the way, I, I mean, you got to have a little bit of hope, you know, now we're in that red shirt territory. Remember you can play four games and still keep your red shirt year. Cam Rising runs out of that tunnel. What's that stadium going to sound like? What's it going to be like? What's it going to feel like? What's Oregon going to do when they have prepared for someone else and then Rising walked out there? I don't know. I'm just saying it's possible. I'm going to stay away from this game. Um, I think Oregon is also one of the best coach teams in the country. I think Lanning was very much a victim of some bad luck at Washington. I think he made all the right decisions. Maybe not at the end of the first half, but all of that going forward on fourth down. In the long run, that's the mathematically right decision. He believed in his team. He believed in his guys. They're so well coached. Um, and they're so effective on the ground. And so this is a game I'm just going to stay away from, but man, I can't wait to watch. Pac-12 this year has been so much fun. What about the total in this one? Because I'm seeing an Oregon game with a total in the 40s, and I'm really tempted. <laughs> so if you look at pace, and I've got some really good pace stats here, um, in terms of pace, like what Utah is able to do and just able to grinding out first downs, I can understand why it's 47 and a half. Uh, I do think that the Oregon defense is, is enough of a go for broke, though, where they force you to throw over the top and then teach you to throw over the top, obviously either score quickly or, or punt quickly. Um, sometimes they turn a ball over quickly. So for me, I, I would lean a little bit over here, but on the pace stats, you look at what Utah does. Let me see if I can pull that up here um, while we're talking. But um, it, if you look at the pace stats, it does make sense that Utah's going to be able to try and drag them into the dirt. That's just what they've done with everybody else. So, and there's only other well, one other game that features a pair of top 25 teams. Both of these teams top 20. That's Duke and Louisville, that game happening in Louisville. It's pretty much a, a 50-50 split, Colin, in terms of the way that uh, betters out there expect this thing to go. Louisville, the number 18 team, favored by four and a half points. The only semi-consensus, and it's really not a consensus, more like a 75-25 split, is the total. People looking at the over 46 points. How do you handicap this one? Yeah, without Riley Riley Leonard, I think this just gets, you know, super interesting. Um, Louisville makes a lot of mistakes. Louisville has got a lot of turnovers for a team that um, uh, has played as well as they have this year. Um, you know, and they got hit by the Pitt super weapon, which we all knew was coming. I think that was one of the, you know, we, we I think the trap spot is definitely like overrated in college football. Um, but that was like the biggest trap in, in college football history. It's about as big a trap as you'll ever see. And, uh, you know, getting, getting snuffed at Pitt was just not a surprise. I, I was catching points there. And, uh, of course, Pitt wins by three scores. The thing you really got to look at here is turnovers. Um, you know, Louisville's defense forces two turnovers a game, and they also give up 1.6 per game. That's a lot of turnovers. Turnovers tend to turn into points. So um, if I'm leaning that way, I might be leaning over, despite Duke's incredible tendency to just try and drag the game into the mud. Um, you know, the, the Devils, they, they turn it over uh, once a game themselves. Um, and, you know, I'm not sure how I feel about Belvin um, at quarterback. I think he's definitely got a future. But asking him to step in on the road against what is probably going to be the best opponent he's faced so far, 
that could be challenging. So I would lean Louisville here on the, against the spread, but the total to me seems like very much of an over. So it's the last Saturday in October, and that means it's time for the world's largest outdoor cocktail party or the world's largest oh, tailgate, yeah. whatever you want to call it, going on in Jacksonville this weekend. Colin, Georgia's favored by 14 and a half here. A lot of people are thinking that the Gators are going to hang around with Brock Bowers out, but outside of that South Carolina game, Billy Napier's squad, they haven't been very good away from the swamp this year. Does that change Saturday? Um, you know, I again, this is one that I'm, I'm probably going to bet the second half on. Uh, I'm going to watch the first half and then use that information to bet the second half. Um, I think, look, I have made so much money betting against Graham Mertz in my lifetime. Um, and I was actually really, really happy, happy to see him get that comeback, um, at, at, at South Carolina. Um, just to have a nice, you know, he's had a very up and down career, a very interesting career. Um, but it looks like he's turned it around and he's starting to settle into Billy Napier's system pretty solidly here. Um, but again, the talent gap between these teams, like, I don't think it's, you know, it's probably been wider at certain points. Um, but not, not very often, and uh, the Gators just struggle, especially defensively. Um, you know, that back seven of their defense is just really, really tough to, to put any kind of faith in. Um, Gators don't turn it over very much, but they also don't force a lot of turners and give up a lot of yards between the 20s. Um, yeah, Brett Bowers being out certainly is a factor, but I just think Georgia's going to be able to push them around. I, I like the dogs here. If I had to take it, I, I'd take the dogs. Um, and then it just becomes like, how much does Kirby want to stick it in? Does he want to leave the guys out on the field and, and make this a three score game, a four score game, or does he back off at some point? And I tend to think that Kirby, you know, trying to stay healthy a little bit later in the season might tend to back off a little bit here. So, um, you know, this one's tough for me. Um, but if I had to lean, I would probably, I would probably take Georgia. But not, I certainly won't, wouldn't love it. So I can throw a little stat out, a little trend trend pick for you guys. Georgia 0-7-1 against the spread in their last eight games against an unranked opponent. Yeah, and you know what? That's the thing is they haven't been super covery this you know this year. I think at one point they were one and four against the spread in their first five, um, and then they just decided to eviscerate some people um, like Kentucky. And then the Vandy game actually, I think Vandy did come back and cover there at the end uh, through the back door. But I think that Kentucky game showed that when Georgia wants to put the screws to you, they can just absolutely do it. Colin Sherwin's here from DraftKings. We're going to step aside, Colin. If you haven't already, I want you to uh, start to think about your absolute favorite play this weekend because when we come back, we'll preview some more and then build out a college football-focused people's parlay so we all have something to sweat over the weekend. Stay with us here. We'll be right back to Gambler with Adam Kaufman on WRKO. We're talking college football with Colin Sherwin. In just a few moments, we will build out our people's parlay for Saturday, maybe Friday. I don't know if you have a game to pick tomorrow night. I'm not going to tell you you can't play it, obviously. If you if you love Florida Atlantic and Charlotte, then uh, hat, hats off. You know, I'm I'm open-minded, but probably going to be a Saturday-focused people's parlay. Colin is here from DraftKings, and uh, this Tennessee-Kentucky game has my eye, Colin, if for no other reason than the 21st team in the country is only a three-and-a-half-point favorite in Kentucky uh, going against these Wildcats. we got a total set at 51 in this one, just... Uh, uh, peeking at what the the spreads look like, uh, or or how the bets have been made to this point in time, and uh, you know, obviously Tennessee is is being bet to cover, but only about sixty five percent of the bets, sixty percent of the handle to this point. How do you read it? 
I, it doesn't really surprise me because this Kentucky team, um, you know, just fell off a cliff pretty quickly here. Um, you know, 5-0, and showed a lot of momentum, you know, steamrolled Florida. Um, and then, obviously, Georgia came in and Georgia just decided that, you know, the, the non-covering ends now. Um, and then I think the Mizzou game really surprised a lot of people. I did not see that coming. I didn't think I would see them lose at home to Missouri, um, especially in the way that they did. Real stunner. Um, you know, but they did come off a bye week here, and they are able to get back on track a little bit. Um, I do think that Tennessee is one of the best coached teams in the country. Um, you know, and bouncing off a loss to Alabama where, you know, certainly competitive, but, you know, the talent gap still exists. Um, I think I kind of would lean towards Tennessee here. Um, you know, even after the bye week, I do think that what Josh Heupel is able to do and the way that he can scheme it up. Um, I've heard some things, some people say that, you know, when you see this hypo, you know, hyper typo, hyper tempo offense a couple of times, um, you start to get used to it. I still need to see that in action though. And I'm not sure Kentucky's the right team that's going to be able to slow them down. Um, you know, Tennessee should feel real good about their season so far. You got to just sort of take Alabama as it comes. You know, it's really tough. Somebody's got to be the crossover rival um, in, you know, from the SEC East that plays Bama every year. And unfortunately it's them. Um, I think they've dealt with it pretty well. So give me Tennessee here. Joe Melton a little bit up and down. Um, can't, you know, he'll definitely make a mistake in this game. Kentucky will force him into a mistake, but I think he does enough to get it done and get the win. So we got a couple fun ones in the Big 12 this weekend. Let's start with BYU in Texas. We're going to see Malik Murphy, at least to start this game for the Longhorns, uh, with Quint Ewers out. But they're ha- the Longhorns, they're hanging a big number, Colin. They're 19-point favorites, almost three touchdowns here against BYU. How do we bet Texas right now without Quint Ewers? You know, I think this is just one where you got to, like, watch the first half and bet the second. I don't think we've got enough data here um, on the kids. And, like, are we – are we a hundred percent sure Arch Manning's not going to play? I mean, are we a hundred percent sure? Like ninety-five, no. probably. Yeah, you know, like ninety-five. I still think there is a small chance um, that that they would find a way to get him on the field here. I think that's a really good balance because if you have him come in um, while yours is in the sling, you can you know keep him engaged, you get your fans fired up for the future. You know, Ewers, whatever happens here, he's probably not going to be there too much longer. He is draft eligible. Um, so maybe you'd make this move, and, and maybe if Arch doesn't start the game, maybe you have a package for him. But remember, he can play four games. This is no harm. No harm, no foul here. There's nothing – this is not going to affect his eligibility at all. I just – we have just haven't seen enough from Murphy yet um, to know anything. I'm going to watch him play in the first half, and we get a pretty good idea of what's going to happen in the second, I think. So this is one where, you know, stay away and see what you got. But remember, you're getting Keaton Slovis, the legend uh, for BYU, um, you know, the former USC walk-on who ended up replacing JT Daniels um, uh, after his injury and has now ended up at, at um, BYU. You know, uh, two and two so far for the, for the Cougars in their new league. I know they're excited to finally have a conference home. Um, and, you know, tough place to play, but I'm not sure about this one. Uh, at Texas, you know, 18 and a half, 19 times, right? Let's just see what happens. So stay away and, and bet second one. Colin, before we build out the parlay, you've brought up, you know, wait and see approaches, live betting for these college games um, more than a couple times here while we've been chatting tonight. And, and Dan, we don't talk a lot about live betting college football and the strategies that go into that when we're doing this show. A lot of the logic comes from just pregame reads. 
Colin, to what degree is, you know, of, of, of your profits, of, of your successes in betting college football, how much of that comes from in-game versus pre-game? And assuming it's considerable, it sounds that way, what, uh, what, what are your general approaches? So I'm going to give you a really good example that happened last night. Uh, I had Sam Houston State, and I believe I was up t- – I was laying three, and I believe I was up 21-13 at halftime. And I ran, I didn't walk, I ran to lay a half a point with UTEP in the second half. Because I'm watching this game and I'm watching Sam Houston dance through the raindrops and I'm watching them get whipped at the point of attack. They're making intermediate, you know, chunk plays, but the, when you need to get a first down where you're ahead of the change, some success, the success rate down, you know, that first and 10 is either turning into another first down or it's turning into a loss or it's turning into second and 10. They're not able to get the intermediate six-yard, seven-yard gain. That's the things that you need to be looking at. I'm just watching their line get whipped up front. So even though I was ahead of the number, and I'm looking right now, and yes, it was 21-13 at halftime, and I was laying three on the game, I immediately bet UTEP second half um, and laid a point, and it turned out to be a good decision because UTEP did come back and win 37-34. So sometimes even when you're ahead, your pregame, my pregame read were there was that I thought Sam Houston State was finally, finally – going to be able to get off the schneid a little bit, move the ball a little bit more effectively against a defense that is not very good. Uh, Dana Dimmel's, you know, got some problems there at UTEP. It's really tough to recruit there. But I thought Sam Houston was going to get their first FBS win last night. Did not come close. And just watching that game, watch the line play, see how much he's danced for a drops in the first half a little bit. Try and stay away from the stats. Try to keep your eyes on the game. Um, and that's probably the best way to handle these things. All right, guys, it is time to build out the People's Parlay. Again, college football focus for the weekend. Colin, you being the guest, what is your favorite read? Oh, boy. You know, you guys, you throw them at me and you come, and I've got so many things to choose from here. Um, (laughs) But I specifically looked one up, and I wrote it down, and I'm going to hold on. I Oh, I do say haircut here. So here's – I got two for you. But we'll go – We'll go with the more fun one. Okay. So right now, Tulane is a 10.5-point favorite in a lot of places. You might be able to find a a 10 out in the streets. I want you to do me a favor. Don't make this bet until it's 10 or 9.5 because the line's going the other way. And it's going to lean the other way. And somehow this game's going to get there down to 10 or 9.5. And Rice, with the, um, we'll generously call him fragile, JT Daniels under center, is just going to get hit in the mouth by a Tulane defense that is really, really solid. I love this game. I don't want to lay. I don't want to lay more than ten. However, just because I, I do worry about Willie Fritz in these big games where he's got a big lead, tends to run the ball, tends to spin the clock a little bit. In terms of game management, he's not going to give away a game like Mario Cristobal, but for cover purposes, he can be a little bit of a challenge with a multi-score lead. I do not want to lay more than 10 years, but trust me, this line's going to get to 10. It's probably going to get to 9.5, too. When it gets to 9.5, I'm going to put my a good portion of the bankroll in the pot, and I'm going to have to lay. I just think this defense rolls. I think they, they force turnovers. And now that Michael Pratt is back, Tulane needs to win by some big numbers, too. If they're going to get this group of five spot over Air Force or whomever else it's going to be out of the Mountain West to, to play in the New Year's Six Bowl, uh, as they did last year, they need to start putting up some big numbers and some big scores and impressing the committee. This is a great spot to impress the committee, and it's a very fragile team, um, and I think Tulane rolls big. Do you want to give me an alternative just in case the line doesn't move? Oh, yeah. Um, you know what? 
come back to me on that. I got a couple. I'm, I mean, I, you know, I probably Clemson, you know, if that, I, I think Clemson, and I think it'll get to under nine. I think it'll get to under eight and a half. Look, man, NC state's got problems. Um, and I think, you know, club Nick is a pretty good quarterback. Clemson has been coached poorly. They've made a lot of bad decisions. That Miami game was just a, a tire fire on both sides in terms of game management. Um, but I do think that in terms of talent, they really should be able to roll here. I, I don't think game management is a factor if you can just put up a four-score lead on somebody. And I think Clemson's going to be able to put up a four-score lead here. Yeah, and honestly, I mean, at certain books, you can just take an alternate line, get around minus 120 or so if you wanted to go to Tulane, minus one, nine and a half, if you didn't want to wait. But, uh, Dan, what do you have? All right, so last week, the Washington Huskies struggled mightily with Arizona State. They only put up 15 points last week. That's going to change because they're playing Stanford, who is just terrible. Uh, Stanford's gotten absolutely trucked by any of the upper-tier Pac-12 teams they've faced this season, and Washington might be that upper echelon of that top tier. Uh, so I like Washington. The Huskies are going to roll this weekend. I'm going to lay the 27 and a half because I think wow. they are just going to blow doors and murder Stanford uh, in Stanford this weekend. How about that? And remember, com- this is... And a half. Go ahead, Colin. I was going to say, another team that needs to impress the committee because if Florida State wins out and Washington wins out, one of them's going to go and one of them might not. Um, and the Big 12 is also going to be a factor in there as well. So margin of victory is going to start to be a factor. That old game control thing is going to be a factor. Back 12 is by far the better league. Um, but, you know, Florida State's probably winning by bigger scores right now, too. Washington needs to put up some, some big numbers. I, I think that is a factor. That's something we need to start considering in our handicapping. And you can get some 26 and a halfs out there as well. Like Just, it even more. Ooh. Yeah, so there you go. Absolutely. Uh, so listen, I mean, what what do we like more, fellas, in football than points, right? It's all about points. <laughs> so uh, I found myself at a golf simulator place last Friday with some friends. And on the TV, I'm, t- I'm trying to pay attention to the, to the LCS game, the baseball game that's going on. But I see out of the corner of my eye, South Alabama absolutely obliterate Southern Miss. And I fell in love. I fell in love with the Jaguars. And so I'm looking at this game this weekend. South Alabama against Louisiana Lafayette. Alabama is averaging, South Alabama, about 35 points a game, whereas on the other side, Louisiana is putting up about 33 points per of of its own, but also allowing about 28 points. You know where I'm going with this. I expect points in this game when the line opened at uh, a total of, I want to say, 52.5 it was at the time, I bet it then. It has gone up. It's sitting at 55, 55.5 at some places, but I would still go over. I would take the over in this game. I like it. I don't know, Colin, how you feel about it, but if we build out this parlay at Tulane and, and just an alternate line for right now, Tulane minus 9.5, the over 55.5 I'm looking at between Louisiana, uh, Louisiana Lafayette, pardon me, South Alabama, and uh, Washington at minus 26.5, uh, I'm looking at right around plus 550 on this parlay, fellas. Yep, that's what I got, too. I, I like that. I like where, and I like the thought process there too. Um, do keep in mind that that Southern Miss is just an abomination to the sport. Like they're really, really terrible. You know, they're not Sun Belt worthy in any way, shape, or form. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm leaning that way. You know, we've seen the Raging Cajuns put up some big numbers this year. Um, they're certainly not afraid. That that number does seem a little low, doesn't it? 
I'm going to always check the pace stats on when you're betting totals. Um, pace can tell you just as much as points usually. Um, so see how many plays are getting off. Um, points per play is also something to look at as well. Uh, but it does look like, you know, just from some cursory looking here, that Louisiana would certainly be on the right side of that as well. Yeah. All right. I like it. I'm going to dig a little deeper. In fact, I might even fire that one myself. I like it. Colin Sherwin from DraftKings, thank you so much, buddy. We'll talk again real soon. All right, boys. Good luck. Thanks, Colin. All right. When we come back, bankroll repairs. It's time for your bankroll repair, powered by today's collision. Thanks again to Colin Sherwin from DraftKings. And I'm just, I'm irritated, Dan. I'm just, I'm, I'm really annoyed. You know, Mike Evans, uh, I, I'm not sure that we're going to get an, another moment, any even resembling what we just got. He finally gets a look, a wide open, you know, catch and run for 40 yards, and it gets called back by a, a freaking penalty on the offense so uh, may not get another look in his direction because we only have four and a half minutes left in this game he's only been targeted three times most people were over on his receptions at four and a half in this one he only has three targets in this game that would have taken him up close to 50 we would have been in we would have had a chance we would have had a, a, a chance at least to to cash the leg that that particular over on receiving yards prop but uh i i it's it's feeling dead yeah, and, and our guy Kevin Durant is three for eight from the field for Good. six points midway through the second quarter. So Great. that's that's awesome as well. Yeah, everything's uh, awesome. Everything is just so much fun right now. Buccaneers uh, fourth and ten for the game at this point in time. Let's build out the bankroll repairs. We are going to have three of them. Me, you, Brian. Brian, start us off. Right, we're sticking with NFL this weekend. We're going to start with the Texans at money line. Uh, they're going against the Panthers. The Panthers are terrible, uh, and I, I expect them to not win another game this weekend. Uh, <laughs> and we're also going to go with the Bengals plus eleven and a half. So we're going to move that line up seven and a half points, and that brings you to plus one hundred eight on Caesars. Plus one hundred eight on Caesars. Excellent. All right, Dan, what do you have? All right, three legs here, guys. We're going to start off with USC on the money line. They are at Cal. A lot of people thought last week was going to be that get right game for the Trojans. You don't get right against Utah because Utah just punches you in the mouth repeatedly. And as we saw, USC lost again. But you can get right against the Golden Bears uh, in California out there. So give me USC just to win that game. They're double digit favorites. Then we're going to go Devonta Smith. 40-plus receiving yards. It's an alternate line. He had almost 80 against Washington when they last saw him, so he just needs half that in this one. And then we're going to take the Chargers on the money line on Sunday night football. Yeah, we got the Bears in prime time this week, guys, so uh, look away. But hopefully the Chargers should win that game. They are favored by more than a touchdown. But you put those three together, and I got plus 126 on DraftKings. Perfect. So I'm going with three heavy NFL favorites. We're going to wait for my BR until uh, Sunday. We'll wait through Saturday, and, and uh, obviously, hopefully, things go well with Dan to carry his on over to Sunday. I'm going all Sunday. Three legs, all favorites, Baltimore, Kansas City, and Miami. All very good positions. If if you dive into the specifics, we, we can get to some of that. as Going against uh, next the Pats hour. again. Going to get, because, you know, at least if the Patriots find a way to win this game, then fine, blow up my bankroll repair. That that would be so huge for them to if find. If they a, do, though, you have to bet against them every week from here. I will. I will. <laughs> Just keep so, doing it. And, 
and to be clear, these are not money line. It is all alternate spreads, minus two and a half across the board. So minus two and a half on the Ravens, on the Chiefs, on the Dolphins. Uh, I can chop it around, but I can tell you on FanDuel, it's plus 120. So that's already obviously a pretty good spot. Three plus money bankroll repairs from me, from Dan, from Brian. Hopefully we do well this weekend. When we come back, Matt McEwen from Odds Checker will join us game by game. Every team is playing this week in the NFL. We're going to give you a, a, a lock, a look, a lena, whatever it may be. We're just stealing from Lindy at this point. We'll give you a pick for all, every game, so stay with us. That was your bankroll repair powered by today's collision with locations in Malden, Chelsea, Stoneham, and Danvers. Check them out at todayscollision.com. The Gambler starts now. Here's Adam Kaufman. This stupid football game. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Do you have the under? So, no, I have the over. Oh, I have like, the under. <laughs> no, that's that. Like that. That would be great. It's it's that. Mike Evans has a chance to screw me twice here. Uh, like I, I have to root for a stop for the defense, so the Bucks get the ball back, so that at least we have a chance at that. Because as we've talked about. We have the over for his receiving yards. He's at 31 right now, so he still needs another, what, 25 to get there. In a parlay, I just need him at 35. Again, he's at 31. And I had the Bills to cover in this one. So by Evans catching that touchdown, and let's just assume this game ends the way it is. By Evans getting that touchdown, the Bills don't cover and he doesn't hit his prop, which is just the opposite of middling. <laughs> it sure is. It is. Oh, it's bad across the board. So, yeah, I, I, I guess go box at this point. Go box, get the ball well, back, right? get, yeah. get your stop. I mean, two, two and a half minutes left. Unbelievable. Hour number two of The Gambler with Adam Kaufman here on WRKO. Here's what we're going to do in the next few segments. We've done this before. We do it every Thursday, but we have done it before with this individual, Matt McEwen from Odds Checker, good friend of the show. You can get him on Twitter or X, whichever you prefer, at Picks. He's very good. He's got a great following. He writes for the Odds Checker site, and uh, we just we love him. So we love having him back. We're going to go game by game across the entire NFL and get a pick from him, be it a side, a total, a prop, whatever it may be for all of the Matty how are you bud what's up guys i've been better because i had the bills so uh yeah tough right before i hopped on the show backbreaking drive there uh had the bills minus minus eight and a half thought i had a good number but yeah tough tough break on that one well and just you know how many fourth downs do they have and they just kept Penalties, penalties, penalties. I mean, as as somebody texted yeah, yeah, me, Vegas, Vegas is working row. tonight. <laughs> I know, right? And the one sack, I mean, he was like, like the, the, the only thing they couldn't do there was, was grab the face mask. And, of course, the, the face mask was grabbed. So, yeah, unfortunately, uh, unless Baker was to pick six here at the end or something, I think, I think I'm going to end up on the uh, wrong side of that bad beat. So it's remarkable how the Bills have – managed to cost me so many times this year including last weekend when i bet them against my patriots and of course the pats somehow some way go out and win that game in foxborough this weekend they are in miami 
The line has moved quite a bit. It was what do we say last night, Dan? Thirteen and a half it opened at? Yeah. Something like that. Now yep. it's now it's sitting at nine. Miami is favored by nine at home, and that is with the knowledge that Tyreek Hill is going to play in this game. Patriots, of course, have dropped three of four, but but you gotta think they're feeling good after beating the Bills, whereas the Dolphins are, are coming in off this loss to the Eagles and they are banged up offensively. Raheem Mostert, another one with injury concerns, Jalen Waddle as well. How's this one play out? Yeah, I think this is a, a dangerous spot for New England coming off of that big win. Uh, Miami was, I don't want to say they would beat badly in that Philly game, but it, it kind of felt like Philadelphia controlled that game from the jump. Although I think Miami had, had the whistle working against them uh, for the majority of that one. I do think this is a good bounce-back spot uh, at home for the Dolphins. So I like them on the, the full game spread. I do think first half you might be able to get a you know a shorter line. I'm not seeing... Uh, I'm seeing six and a half. I was going to say, I'm not seeing a flat number there at six, but even six and a half, I can see Miami kind of getting out to a fast start after everything that happened last week in New England, regressing a little bit after that big win. So we have what I think is going to be an interesting one in Pittsburgh this weekend, Matt. The Jags, the Jacksonville Jaguars, they're two and a half point favorites on the road at Pittsburgh. This game's kind of that like unstoppable force meets immovable object. And I say that because <laughs> the Steelers, they're seven and one outright and against the spread also in their past eight games as a dog. That includes four and one this season with four straight wins. The Jags, meanwhile, they're three and zero against the spread on the road this season. Where are we going here? Yeah, this is a tough one. Um, Pittsburgh has performed much better than I had thought entering the season. I wasn't all that high on the Steelers, um, and they've really surprised me. Jacksonville, conversely, I was really high on, had their team total over them to win the South, and they bounced back nicely after uh, that one and two start. This is a game, though, that I, I do think Jacksonville will get the win. Probably not like one of my stronger looks of the week. I might just lay off this game from a betting standpoint because Mike Tomlin, he's tough, especially as an underdog here at home. Don't typically love beating that. But I think Jacksonville's been in a really good rhythm since they went to London. Seems like they always figure it out once they're in London. They've won four in a row, playing really good football, especially offensively. If you look at their numbers, they've scored 23 points or more in their last four games, the last two, 37-31. So their offense is clicking right now. They're playing uh, with a lot of momentum, Trevor Lawrence looking comfortable in this Doug Peterson system in his second year. So I, I think Jacksonville wins the game, uh, but I think you tread lightly no matter what side you go on that one because I think it'll be a back-and-forth game. So I'm probably more interested in this Saints-Colts game than I should be, guys. You know, two, three, and four teams, the Saints with uh... – you know, like Derek Carr blaming teammates for horrible passes that he threw out of play. Chris Olave was just arrested this week for speeding. We don't even know definitively, at least I don't think we know definitively, if he is going to play. Alvin Kamara is battling an illness, though it's a great spot for him if he does go. On the other side, Gardner Minshew has... Uh, we thought he was going to be a revelation in stepping in for Anthony Richardson, who's done for the rest of the year, but he has had three turnovers each of the last two games against the Jaguars and Browns. He has been absolutely awful. So, how's this one going to go? I'm going with the under. Uh, the, the game that they played Thursday night against Jacksonville, I was on the scene. That offense, even though they broke out a little bit in the second half, I really thought when Derek Carr went to New Orleans, uh, you know, they were going to figure it out. I was really high on this team coming into the season. Even with Alvin Kamara back in the lineup, they look better offensively. They still don't look great defensively, have an elite defense. I like the under there at 44, so... That's where I'll go. As far as the size concerned, staying away, I think it's a Colts line 
you know, as we see it as a pick on minus one some places in favor of New Orleans, I think the best play in this game would be the under at 44. All right, so the Falcons, they're on the road. They're in Tennessee taking on the Titans. The Titans come in off of a bye. We we also know in the spread right now, what do we have? We have the Falcons are favored by two and a half. This game opened up Tennessee minus one. So we got some line movement there, Matt. Uh, Vrabel, mm-hmm. we know he's really good as a dog against the spread. 26-16-1 uh, lifetime. What are we doing here? And I think it's Will Levis starting think- for the Titans, by the way. Yeah, yeah, you got Levison. Uh, this could also be a uniform bet. I don't know if you guys have seen the uniforms the Titans are breaking out this weekend. Uh, There's pretty throwback. So, might have to just be on the Titans because of that. But I do like the Titans here as a dog, uh, plus three. Also, hearing a lot of trade rumors uh, with Derrick Henry today, they might blow it up here as, as we approach the deadline. But I think getting them here plus three at home, I don't think Atlanta – Especially offensively, I don't think it really warrants giving them a field goal here on the road. Look at that total, too. 35. I mean, that's a really low total here, but it it makes sense with two offenses that have really struggled. I just can't get myself to bet on Atlanta laying points, especially away from home. So I'll take the Titans. I'll take Variable. You mentioned it. Really good against the spread in these kind of positions. I think we see kind of a boring, low-scoring tight game that ultimately uh, Tennessee does cover. Rams and Cowboys, six-point spread on this one. At the beginning of the week, seemed like a lot of people were on the Cowboys as the week has gone on. I've seen some more people on the Rams. These are two teams that have alternated wins and losses each of their last five games. Uh, I don't think either one, obviously, is a world beater, and they both have uh, explosive potential within their offenses if their quarterbacks can get enough time. And, of course, on one side, you have uh, you know Micah Parsons. On the other, you have Aaron Donalds. So we'll see if the QBs in uh, Dak and and Stafford actually do get that time. But I I don't know if people, if it's as simple as as people looking at Mike McCarthy, he's 12-3 and against the spread after a bye week and saying, yeah, Dallas, uh, Cowboys are home, let's do that. How do you view this one? Yeah, I'm actually going to go the other way. I'm going to go with the Rams in this spot. I think the Rams are better than that record indicates at at 3-4. and If you look at the games that they've lost this year, some tight ones along the way. Three-point loss against uh, Cincinnati. They lost one possession game against the 49ers and Steelers. The only game that they've lost this season uh, by double digits was against Philadelphia 23-14. But that game they were right in. Like Even though they lost the game uh, by nine points, they easily could have covered that spread. So I think the Rams can do enough here to hang around here at six, uh, six and a half, whatever line you're getting. Don't love the way Dallas looks. I, I did bet on Dallas in their last game against the Chargers. They still don't look great offensively this year. Uh, a couple of those early wins were kind of orchestrated by the defense. I think in the last month, uh, we've seen Dak Prescott have to make more plays, and, and we really haven't seen him have the consistent ability to do that. Um, so I don't think Dallas should be laying six really to anyone right now, let alone a well-coached, Rams team that can hang around uh, in this game. So I'll take the Rams with the points there. All right, so we got one. We got time for one more quickly here before we break. And what a perfect game to quickly talk about, and that'd be the uh, Battle of New Jersey, the Jets and Giants. Hmm. Uh, the Jets, they're uh, they're the road team here, Matt. They're technically they're they're technically the road team. They're favored by two and a half or three in some spots. Uh, the total in this one, it's at thirty six right now. The Jets coming in off of a bye. They've actually lost seven straight games off of a bye. They're two and five against the spread in those games. And uh, yeah, the Jets. It's just both these teams are just a really tough watch, but. But if we got to place a bet here, where are we going? I think I'm going to go with the Jets. That stat, though, does not make me feel good. 
you know, I took the Giants last week against the Commanders. Uh, ugly spot. I don't know if they can come back here and win two in a row. Going into uh, the bye, the Jets had to feel pretty good about where they are. Win over Denver, a huge win at home over Philadelphia. And if, if we looked at the Jets uh, preseason, I remember going over their schedule before the year and talking about if they came out 3-3 three and three with kind of the gauntlet that they had in terms of their schedule – that I thought that'd be pretty good. They came out three or three, three and three, uh, and that was when they had Aaron Rodgers. So I think they've actually been pretty impressive for what they have. Yeah, this game's going to be ugly. Probably not one that makes the TV on Sunday, but I'll take the Jets uh, in this spot at minus two and a half. Matt McEwen from Odds Checker is here with us as the Bills are moments from closing this thing out against the Buccaneers. Last life, eight seconds remaining in this game for Baker Mayfield and company. Uh, they've done a, a heck of a job moving the ball and getting out of bounds. Uh, Mike Evans with a catch. He did get out of play. Uh, so uh, You got well, your that, 35. I you got my it. 35, which honestly feels like a victory in and of itself. And just four seconds left in this game. We'll keep it here just until this thing is over because it's going to be over well, in a second. Well, but, we got a flag, uh, too. So for pick six. Yeah. That would, that would be good for the Bills cover, no doubt about it. Yeah, Listen, yeah, it, 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 it either get me like 15, 20 Evans yards or the pick six. Either One or yeah. the other would be great. I, I could go either way with that one <laughs> uh many more games to cover still with uh matt McEwen from odds checker as well flag after flag all right i can't do it we're up against the break we'll tell you how it ends when we come back well dan good night for megan at rhythm <laughs> yeah seriously hit both of those and another great night for a primetime under adam just ran the numbers Primetime unders this season hitting at nearly 71%. 17 out of 24 primetime games have come in under the total. That's 70.8%. I know we've said it. You say it more than I do. That just, like, why, why don't we just blindly bet these? It's what I did tonight. <laughs> and I don't know why I don't. I, I still consider the spot and the teams that are playing, and yada, you know, like a lot of people, and, and it was a mixed bag. I don't want to say it was a majority, although I think in terms of the betting community, it was a majority. But in terms of the people that I directly pay attention to, it was kind of a mixed bag in terms of the over or the under. Yeah, I'm looking at it. The, the DraftKings, the VEASAN splits, about 65% of the handle and bets on the over in this one. So call yeah. it a 65-35 split. But there is something to be said for just saying, screw it. I don't even care who's playing. I'm betting the under. Hey, I well, don't care the number. I'm just going under. Yeah, once that uh, that Eagles-Dolphins game finished under when they were like cruising to the over in the first half, I was like, okay, I'm in. <laughs> yep. I'm riding this from here on out. And I'm looking at the, and we'll get to these primetime games later. But yeah, I'm I'm liking unders for both of them too. And we'll get, we'll talk with Matt about that in a, in a couple minutes. We are here with Matt McEwen from Odds Checker. We're up to the Eagles and Commanders, Matty. Now, uh, of course, the Eagles have just the one loss to the Jets. They are otherwise 6 and 0. The Commanders uh, who fell to Philly earlier this year already have dropped 4 of 5. They're not a good team. The Eagles have acquired uh, Kevin Byard from the Titans to uh, aid a poor secondary. That certainly helps. And Sam Howell, we were talking with Dave Lockman from Odd Shopper earlier this week. He is on pace to be sacked 100 times this year. So are, are you looking at the Eagles to, to cover the seven in this one? That is brutal for Sam Howell. Um, I'm actually going to go with the commanders here. And I am a, an Eagles fan, but for some reason, Washington always seems to play, play us pretty close. Even earlier in the year, uh, if you look back at, what was it, week four, I believe, uh, overtime game. Like, and that was a game against Philly. felt like they were in control. Just kind of let Washington hang around. Ultimately, uh, they, they got to cover. 
Sanders did jump out of that 2 and start. Obviously, it's been uphill flooding since. Um, at home, though, after a couple tough games, I do think that they could keep this thing close. Uh, and this is a, I guess we'll say, a little bit of a look-ahead spot here for the Eagles. They got Dallas on deck the following week at home uh, in what's, you know, probably to date the biggest, biggest game of their season. So I think this is a, a weird spot for the Eagles because you just had that big game, Sunday Night Football versus Miami at home. You really get up for that. And then on deck, you have that game against Dallas. Um, you know, which could go a long way in, in determining who wins the, the division. So I think just where this game's placed, kind of in the middle of the two, to make it a little more difficult for Philadelphia to get up, you could catch some kind of sleepwalking through the first half and, and keep the game closed for most of the way. So, yeah, I, I guess they just kind of hope Sam Howell's not getting sacked all day and uh, that the commanders can hang around. So we got an NFC North battle uh, at Lambeau Field this weekend, guys. The Vikings taking on the Packers in Green Bay. Uh, this line has been kind of interesting. It opened up at Minnesota, minus one on the road. It dropped down to a pick Now it's back to the Vikings, minus one and a half. Everybody's been back and forth on this game. I'm back and forth on this game. Matt, where are we going? I, I've been back and forth with you, but I, I think I've talked myself into believing the Vikings hype right now uh, and saying they're going to rip off a, a third straight win. The Packers offensively, I watched a little bit of the game against the Broncos. I don't know why I watched that game, but I was watching that game, and it was tough to watch. And the week before, terrible. It brutal. Just not a fun game to watch. The week before uh, against the Raiders, that was a Monday night game, right? Yeah, Monday night game. Uh, 13 points as an offense. Tough when the Packers in primetime, too. They played the night before on a Thursday night primetime game. So, yeah, I don't know what it is. Jordan Love looked pretty good in his first couple weeks, and you know, the last few, you're kind of questioning if he's the guy, what's going on in that Matt LaFleur offense that for so long we've seen be so good. Uh, it's weird seeing the Packers really struggle to move the football. Minnesota, meanwhile, a huge win last weekend, um, or Monday, against San Francisco. And again, I don't think anyone really gave them much of a shot in. Uh, the week before, it's not too impressive to beat the Bears, but nonetheless, went on the road and won the game. If they can win this game, all of a sudden they're back to four and four, and, you know, their playoff hopes are, are right back intact. So this is a big game for both of these teams. I think I'll ride with Kirk Cousins here and the Vikings on the road. So, guys, there's a version. There, there's a if, – if you believe in the multiverse, if you believe in alternate timelines, I do think there is a world where Bryce Young spites his own coaching staff and goes out – and beats the Texans for his first career NFL win with the guy that his coaches wanted on the other side in C.J. Stroud and says, see, see, I'm your guy. But I don't think we live in that universe. I think C.J. Stroud goes out, has his way with this team, and the Texans easily cover the three and a half. But, Matt, you tell me, how's this game going to go? I'm going to ride Bryce Young here, and I might, I, I will probably be regretting this right after the game on Sunday, but they're due for a win. That's what I keep telling myself, and I, I know I could have been saying that all sure. season long. But, I mean, it, look, it's kind of a fun game, right, the Stroud versus Young game. Uh, and like you hit on, I mean, this is a game where both of these guys are going to play with a little bit more of a chip on their shoulder. Uh, they were compared for so long coming out of the draft, and, Listen, as, as fans, we love to overreact and quickly crown that, you know, C.J. Stroud should have been the first overall pick. I think we have to let it play out a little bit more, but so far, undoubtedly, Stroud has been the much better quarterback. His team has three wins. Young's team has zero wins. So, so far, early in the race, yes, it's been C.J. Stroud, but at home, 
Carolina getting a field goal on the hook. I'm going to do it. I'm going to trust Bryce Young here to somehow, some way, keep this thing close and potentially pull off uh, his first career NFL win. All right, let's head to the 4 o'clock window. We got the Browns out in Seattle taking on the Seahawks. Seattle, they're laying three and a half at home. Matt, Deshaun Watson, uh, he's out again. P.J. Walker's going to start for the Browns one more time. Uh, Where are we going here in this one? I mean, this Cleveland defense is just so good right now, keeping them in games. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Seahawks here. And this is what I was able to jump on a little bit earlier in the week. I got it at three flat. Still do things. Three and a half fine. Obviously, the, the risk of the push there with the field goal. But two four and two teams. Uh, Seattle has, you know, they, I, they haven't really played anyone yet uh, outside of that, that Lions game. I guess you would throw the Bengals in there. Bengals are, are playing much better football lately. But um, this is a big game for them, I think, if they can win. Kind of their statement one of the season. But I'm a little surprised this line is still so low. That's the only thing that scares me a little bit because, Despite Cleveland having an outstanding defense, uh, P.J. Walker is still their quarterback. And if, if you break down the numbers of Walker this year, they're not too pretty. Uh, three interceptions, zero touchdowns, been sacked four times. Like, I, I just haven't really seen anything from Walker to say he's going to go into Seattle, which is always a tough place to play, uh, and knock off a good Seahawks team. Like, this is a 4-2 Seattle team. The defense of Cleveland is so good that they might be able to keep them in the game. Granted, they did just give up 38 points to Gardner Minshew and the Colts over the weekend, and I think the Colts should have won that game if the officials weren't so involved there towards the end. So Cleveland's probably fortunate to get the win. Deshaun Watson's been really bad, so in some circumstances you might say, hey, they're better off with a backup playing. I just don't think that backup is P.J. Walker. So I think Walker struggles in this game. I like Seattle a lot here. It's one of my favorite plays of the weekend. Guys, we still have five games to roll through and build the people's parlay for Sunday slash Monday, just in case you're looking at that final game of the week. We are going to do it when we come back. Stay with us, Matt McEwen from Odds Checker, hanging out here on The Gambler with Adam Kaufman. Matt McEwen from Odds Checker here with us. We're going game by game across the NFL, giving you picks for each and every one, and hopefully we can all make ourselves some money. In just a few minutes, we will build out an NFL-focused people's parlay to go along with our college football-focused people's parlay. We will have lots of bets to sweat this weekend, and that just makes the weekend fun, doesn't it? All right, we've got a handful of games to go through. Let's go to the Chiefs and Broncos, Matt. Now, about the only reason that I have even considered taking the Broncos seriously in this one is the fact that this could be a potential look-ahead spot for Kansas City. Obviously, it already took care of business against Denver a couple of weeks ago. Russell Wilson didn't even throw for 100 yards in that game, and the Chiefs will next head to Germany to face the Dolphins. So uh, it would be human nature for them to be thinking beyond this game, knowing that the Broncos are inferior. That being said, looking at a, a number, a key number of seven, I still think the Chiefs get it done. What do you expect? Yeah, I don't think I can get myself uh, to bet on Denver again. Uh, I, I don't really care what the number is or, or the circumstance. It, it just feels wrong to be betting on Russell Wilson when he, he takes on time at home. I did it on that Thursday night game uh, a couple weeks back, and I actually ended up pushing the number uh, somehow because it, it was just a weird game. Like It was a game where they were pretty much dominated throughout, but ultimately – uh, you know, they, they cover that number at the end or push that number at the end. So I don't think I can get myself there to bet on the uh, Broncos this weekend. 
I also don't love how Kansas City's looked. I, I know they're six and one. It just doesn't feel like offensively they've been as explosive as in years past. Kind of weird because all of a sudden their defense is what kind of carried them in some of these wins early in the year. Probably a stay away game for me, uh, and I'll dive into the uh, prop market in that one. So the Ravens are laying eight and a half points on the road in Arizona or nine and a half even now in some spots it was eight and a half and the new number that I have in front of me says nine and a half so we'll go with that uh, anyways 89% of the handle Matt is on Baltimore in this one they're the biggest uh, public bet of the weekend it looks like when it comes to the spread uh, at least for Sunday anyway what, do you, what are you expecting in this one? Yeah, it was a tough weekend for the public last weekend. Uh, whenever you say that it's the most public bet of the weekend it kind of makes me want to go the other way not like Mike Evans today? Feel... <laughs> exactly, right? I mean, that, that's what it, the comparison I was going to throw out there. Like, that Buffalo game throughout, I mean, there was that little spurt there in the second quarter where Tampa came and tied up. But, I mean, I kind of stopped watching the game because I felt so confident in the, uh, in the cover. Buffalo couldn't convert there a couple fourth downs, let them hang around. And then, listen, I don't know if it, it, it's going to go like that where they get two fourth down flags and then a fourth and ten touchdown that hits off the defender's helmet into Mike Kevin's hands. But, Nonetheless, in the NFL, 9.5-10, it's a lot of points with how good, you know, these defenses are and these teams are always always so close uh, in town. So maybe it's a backdoor, but I would go with the Cardinals this weekend. A, a ton of points. It's a home game. And, like you said, everyone is going to be on Baltimore. So I think it's going to be an ugly bet, but the Cardinals do cover. I'm seeing a lot of people on the Bengals in San Francisco. It was minus 3.5. Now it's 4. The Niners favored. And, uh, I'll be honest, I like the Bengals side. They they look right. They've won three of four to get themselves back to five hundred. Joe Burrow is looking healthy. This team, of course, is, you know, rested coming off the bye. The Niners on a short week. They aren't in, in all likelihood. Do we know officially if Brock Purdy is not playing in this one? It sound it sounds like it's gonna be Darnold. Yeah, it sounds like Sam yeah. Darnold. Uh, of course Christian McCaffrey will be out there and he's a one man wrecking crew. We know this, but uh no Debo Samuel in all likelihood, Trent Williams as well, and uh the Bengals you know, I, again, I guess I come back to the fact the Bengals are not good against the run, so McCaffrey could torch him. But still, I do like Cincy here. What do you think, Matt? Yeah, this is a game I went back and forth on. Um, I think I'll ultimately land on San Francisco, even if it's Darnold. I've said it since the beginning of the year. I think Brock Perry is a really good quarterback. I just think anyone can, can be successful in that Kyle Shanahan system. I was on the Bengals the last couple of weeks. Uh, kind of riding that get back after the rough start. This just feels like all of a sudden San Francisco, they're in a, a get back spot of their own. And it's funny how quick, you know, narratives can flip in the NFL because after that Sunday night game against the Cowboys, myself included, kind of crowned the uh, 49ers as the clear cut best team in football. And then all of a sudden they come back, they lose to a Deshaun Watson list Browns. And then they lose to Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. It's two games where you know, nobody really gave them as much of a shot, their opponents much of a shot uh, to win those games. So all of a sudden, two losses in a row. San Francisco gets back at home. This just feels like a tough spot for the Bengals. Like, when you play the 49ers, I don't think you want to play them after two consecutive losses and returning home. Even if it's Darnold, I do think they get the cover in this one. 
Sunday Night Football, as I mentioned earlier, we have another Chicago Bears in primetime fest this weekend. They're taking on the Chargers out in L.A. Uh, the Chargers, they are favored by 8.5 or 9, depending on where you look at home here, and I'll give you the total, too. Uh, it's at 46.5. It's creeped up a little bit after opening at 44. As I mentioned, primetime unders, there's a, there, there is a thing there. Uh, where are you going, Matt? This one I'm going to go with a prop in, and I saw this prop this morning, so I locked it in. It's a little juicy, but uh, I grabbed it at minus 160. It's similar to the, what happened with Josh Allen tonight. I was actually able to get his touchdown passes over one and a half, like minus 156 this morning, and closing that 200 range. Uh, but Justin Herbert over one and a half touchdown passes thrown. But also, who's lighting the bears in these primetime windows? That's, even like before the season, I, you know, sometimes there's teams that are supposed to be good and then injuries. I don't know how the Bears keep getting in prime time, but this is going to be uh, a little bit of a tough watch here. They have patient starting the game. In theory, the Chargers should roll, but I never trust the Chargers laying, you know, eight and a half, nine points. So I don't think I'll bet on their spread. I do think offensively they put up points, maybe a team total uh, or just that Justin Herbert prop there. So uh, th- that's where I'll roll, but be careful with the side because it, it looks like they should blow them out. But we all know the Chargers and how they like to play tight games. Raiders-Lions, that's the Monday night game. Back in the Dome, Jared Goff gets to get out of the elements after a, a train wreck of a performance, obviously, against the Ravens. Raiders expect to have Jimmy Garoppolo back. Where are you going here? Yeah, rough week for primetime games. Uh, I, I'll go – in this spot, I think I'm going to go with a, a Lions blowout, uh, even though it'll probably be the square side in this. Both teams embarrassed, though, in their last teams. I was on Baltimore big last week. I did not expect a 38-6. to I mean, that, that was just a beatdown, really, from the jump of that game. So, I think this is a good bounce-back spot, getting back at home. I'll take Dan Campbell on the line here to bounce back. All right. Time to build out a people's parlay for the NFL weekend. And, Matt, you being the guest, start us off. What do you like? What is your favorite bet? Remember, it can be a, a total aside, a prop, whatever it is. All right, so uh, my favorite one of the weekend, let me think which one I want to throw. I- I'll go with Seattle. Um, I think we're still seeing three and a half out there, so I'll go three and a half Seattle minus three and a half first Cleveland. All right, Dan, what are you thinking? All right, I'm going to do Patrick Mahomes over 272 and a half passing yards. He has just owned Denver throughout his career. He's got three straight 300-yard games against them going into this one, uh, and Denver's pass defense is terrible. They're ranked 30th in the NFL, so let's hit the over on Mahomes. All right, I'm just searching this out so I can make sure I'm, I'm building us on the fly. And uh, let's uh, Patrick Mahomes, search it out. 272 and a half. All right, perfect. Guys, I, I'm going to hope that you guys get it done, and, and uh, I'll try and bring it home on Monday. The way the Lions played against Baltimore, one, they are just a significantly better team than the Raiders, and two, I think there is something to be said for when you are embarrassed beyond repair uh I, I think the lions are going to go home and absolutely decimate the raiders i am perfectly comfortable taking the eight points laying the eight uh so detroit minus eight is where i'm going with this one night look who doesn't love a jared goff that's that's indoors right oh yeah it's the so, only place to love him it's the only place to love him and so you guys can let me know what you're seeing as well because good Plus 575 on DK. 575 on DK. All right. We can chop it around during the break, too, and, and give you, when we come back to put the show to bed, we can give you the best place 581 to 581 on Caesars. 
See, we're just working. <laughs> Numbers get better by the moment. So again, That's it's right. Seattle. Seattle minus three and a half. Patrick Mahomes over two seventy-two and a half passing yards. And uh, my pick again Monday night. The Lions. We'll we'll root for the prime time under. We'll just root for Vegas to not score. The Lions minus eight in that game. Matt, uh, let's you, you know you know how this works. We'll all play the parlay together and hopefully cash, buddy. This is it. This is the one. This is the one, exactly. I know. I feel like any time we've done this together, there's one that doesn't hit. This is the one. This is the three for three. Yes. This is our week. (laughs) I love it. Love when you're on with us, pal. We really appreciate it. We'll definitely do it again real soon. All right. Appreciate it, guys. Take care. Always. Again, Matt McEwen from Odds Checker. Get him on Twitter at DeadPrezPicks. So, again, Lions minus eight, Seahawks minus three and a half, Mahomes over 272 and a half passing yards. When we come back, we'll tell you the best place to place that bet, and we will also put this show to bed. You know there's World Series tomorrow? We'll be back in a minute. Now it's time to put this show to bed (sighs) with my pillow. Dan, I was just telling Brian, we'll review the people's parlay in a second, tell you where to place it. I was just telling Brian, I was looking through my bet slips, and uh, I had a, it's it's fine, it was a no-sweat bet, so I get the money back, but it was a no-sweat bet, 25 bucks uh, max, which is what I did, because why wouldn't you max a no-sweat bet, uh, for this football game here. And I just sort of messed around with it, and I did a... 11 it was 10 or 11 legs on this football game uh right around plus little below plus 500 so obviously a lot of low achievement legs in there anyway it would have hit the only thing that missed was i needed 40 yards from mike evans (laughs) and he had 39 oh that's terrible and then another one that I had next to nothing on, so it's it's not a big loss it just would have been cool if it hit plus 3800 the only leg that missed was I needed 80 yards out of Steph Diggs, and he had 70. Oof. Brutal. Yeah, I just yeah. I just six leg, plus 630. Hit five. The one that missed was I needed 50 out of Mike Evans. Yeah. So. God, we really needed that one catch. Yep. That one grab that they pulled back. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's really Who too committed bad. that penalty? I'm driving to his house. This is one of the linemen. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> he, he might eat you. <laughs> oh, he... Eat me for breakfast. Yeah, oh, exactly. Terrible. But uh, sweating some stuff out. I am in the green pretty handily here, but this basketball game could either make it a really good night or bring me back down to pretty much break even here. Sweating out a couple things. Kevin Durant is at 22 points. Uh, we got about two and a half minutes left to go in the third quarter, so waiting on that. And then I, yeah. I followed our guy. I tailed Lindy tonight. His, one of his favorites was uh, Eric Gordon's PRA. So I got that going right now, too. So waiting nice. for that. What, uh, I saw he's at 15 points. What was the PRA? 19 and a half. He's got two boards. No assists, though. So we can okay. use a couple helpers there. Yeah, he's close. Obviously, he's still got a, a full quarter and change to go. Yep. And it's a close game. I always worry about blowouts, obviously, in that situation. So right. you got a you got a close game, so that's beneficial. So the uh, the people's parlay, if you're just joining us, although it would be weird to do that a few minutes before the end of the show, the Seahawks minus three and a half. That's Matt McEwen's leg. Dan here uh, over on Patrick Mahomes passing yards, 272 and a half, and me with the Lions at minus eight. Uh, Brian here crunched the numbers, went book to book to book. It looks like Caesars plus 581 is the best place to play that. Yep, it is. Looking good. Locked in. And what was our col- the college parlay was, what, 552? 
So. Ballpark, but I, it's just a function of whether you want to wait and see if that Tulane line actually moves, right. or if you want to. I laid a little extra juice and just played it tonight, so I don't forget. Yeah, it's, it's five sixty-five <laughs> yeah. right now. If you uh, juice it to minus ten on Tulane, okay, sweet. Yeah, I may. Well, I'll either do that before I go to bed, or I'll just wait and see what it is in the morning. Even though I, I don't suspect it's going to move from ten and a half down to ten by morning, but it will probably be like a kick close to kickoff thing, right? On that. Right. Which I was waiting for. I was hoping to get 44 in that game tonight, but uh, it never moved. It's held it held tight right at 43 and a half, and hey, it's still barely scraped by. But another prime time under. Well, hopefully, it is a good weekend of show betting because we had a great night last night, and today, not so much. Uh, both bankroll repairs missed. Thanks, Bruins. And what's that? Thanks, Bruins. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Bruins. Exactly, and. Uh, uh, unfortunately, two out of the three straights, and naturally the People's Parlay by Association also missed. And so I, I haven't done the math on it, but obviously a negative day. I don't think it's as negative as yesterday was positive. So, you know, we're still probably ahead or, or right around even for the week. But, uh, you know, we, we can have a monster weekend and and uh, leave leave tonight laughing in, in the background, which so, obviously would be nice. Any, uh, any leans for this baseball game tomorrow night? I'm liking the overprop for... Uh of all the outs. Yeah, so I, I was just going to say, I really have no feel for who is going to win the game. I, I don't even think I'll bet it. Even if yeah. every, even if everyone I follow is on one side, I probably still won't do it. But I think I will place the over on outs props for both pitchers, Evaldi and Gallon, because I, like I, that. I was looking, I think they're both at 15 and a half. They are. Gallon, you can get a plus money right now. It's plus 105 or plus 110 at BetMGM is the best spot at the moment. Evaldi, 15 and a half, but he's pretty much a standard minus 120 across the board. And what's his K prop? Is it four and a half, five and a half? Because I'll probably go over on that. Five and a half at plus money for Evaldi, four and a half for Gallon. But remember what Lindy was telling us last night, the Diamondbacks, they don't strike out much against right-handed pitchers. Yeah, I still may do I it. might do one of those prop bet guy type things and just bring them both down to like four and a half. Play them together. Three. Yeah, and, yeah. and do that. Go that route. Yeah, that makes sense. So that's Obviously worked out for him a number of times. It did, yeah. And he's cleaning up on football, too. We might have to talk to him in the coming Yeah, he's, he's in the NBA streets, too, which oh, I, yeah, I right. think is really his number uh, one. College, college basketball, right? Yeah, that's but, another one too. Unfortunately, Obviously, we that's can't getting do, going pretty soon. We Not on do, props, but right, we can't do props. Unfortunately. Yeah, but but NBA props, he's he's doing pretty well at. I've been paying attention to him as well. Yeah, uh, and uh, yeah, there there's you know now that basketball season's underway, I'm seeing some other people that it's it's always nice to see the people within the community that you know we already pay attention by virtue of this show and and the relationships we built uh, a number of people that that we follow or track or whatever uh, i like to see who they pay attention to right and you know we can not only expand our our rolodex you know what that is if you're of a certain age yep. but we can uh Brian you also, keep phone numbers you know, on it's that it's just it's just more people we can theoretically yep. tail a little bit here <laughs> exactly yeah and i mean some people are cleaning up on hockey too so we definitely got to dive into those streets as without well. a doubt yeah fun week ahead We'll resume on Monday, obviously, hopefully celebrating some big weekend wins. Let's get a good weekend of football, both college and and pro. And I don't even just mean betting. I mean watching. Let's have a good football watching weekend. Uh, Dan, thank you very much. Of course, anytime. Brian, thank you to you as well. Uh, Great stuff from Colin Sherwin as well as, of course, Matt McEwen. If you missed any of the show, The Gambler with Adam Kaufman, the podcast is available to you wherever you get your podcasts. Do check it out. We greatly appreciate it. Enjoy the weekend. Happy betting. Even enjoy the baseball. We will talk to you again on Monday. For the best night's sleep you've ever had, go to MyPillow.com and use the code 
Gambler.